Welcome to the Going Merry Podcast, the number one One Piece Rewatch podcast on the internet. My name is Derek and I am one of your hosts. And as always, I have my two co-hosts, Amanda and Whitney. Amanda, we'll start with you. How are you today? I'm swell. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad to be back. I know there's someone right now that's binging the fuck out of our shows. And they're like, Derek, why are you saying it's glad to be back? It's been five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're watching or they're listening to our episodes on like 10 times speed. So they're getting through all of our episodes like five minutes a piece. That's what's happening right now. Um, Whitney, how are you? <laughs> um, I'm a little thirsty. I need a swell. A swell. Get it? What do you think? Do you like it? Do you do you get it? Yes. Sure. <laughs> okay. Water. What? There we go. Okay. Now I'm I'm kind of catching on here. <laughs> All right, Eric. Keep up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of listening to things that like, do you guys listen to podcasts at fast speeds? No. No. I've never done that. I don't Sometimes know. I do audiobooks a little bit quicker if I have to return it because I procrastinate and then like don't mm. listen to it and then I'm like, oh shit, it's due in two days. I better yeah. wrap this up. I just feel like all I could concentrate on is how fast they're talking and be like, what? This sounds crazy, you know? And like the whole point of listening to podcasts for me is to give me something to do while I'm doing other things. Like I'm doing mm -hmm. laundry or I'm washing dishes or driving or whatever. I just don't know if I want to speed it up. Yeah. So uh, I was listening to a a podcast and one of the hosts was like reading fan mail or something like that. And like in the email, the person had mentioned that they listened to, the, to their episodes at two times speed. And so the host just started talking as fast as he possibly could. <laughs> and And then when he stopped, he's like, man, I don't even know if he's going to be able to understand me there. <laughs> and I so I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see what that's like. <laughs> so I backed it up and listened to it at two times speed. I could not understand a fucking word he was saying because it was just mumbling so damn fast. That's funny. Can you slow it down? I've never even looked. I've never, I've never oh, thought about know. trying to slow it down. Like, just imagine having to listen to Derek tell a joke and it sounds like this. <laughs> I'm no. so funny. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that sometime. Next joke I tell, I'm going to tell it in slow motion. Do it. <laughs> uh, so this week we watched uh, episodes that were all over the place. Uh, episodes 100, 101, and then jump to 103 and 105. Whitney, we'll start with you. What do you think of these episodes? Um, I, okay, I like Vivi's story and I understand that it's important, but I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm ready to move on. I don't mean I want to move on from her story, but I'm like, the desert thing is getting to me a little bit. Cause like, mm -hmm. I get like, we're thirsty, we need food, we're tired. And they do a really good job of like, through a cartoon projecting that and like, like there was one scene in one of the later episodes where Luffy's talking and his tongue is really swollen up 
And I think we've all been that, that hot and tired and thirsty to where we feel like everything's just like swollen and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate all that, but like, I'm ready to get the action going. You know, mm-hmm. I like the backstory that we had on Vivi and it made me super excited for maybe one day, a live action, little Vivi mm-hmm. and her little flashback, which I think would be really cool. Um, but I really did like about these episodes, finding out how this started and seeing more of like the Baroque works people. And we got to meet some new Baroque works people and kind of get the, the, the down low on what's going on in a way, like what the goal is, um, and why this happens. And I think I finally understand crocodiles powers maybe a little bit. I think we'll see how much of a fool I am, but yeah. So next week, I have already watched next week's episodes and he actually does flat out say what his fruit is. So you will see a demonstration of his powers next week and you will see what his fruit is. So yeah. Um, Amanda, what about you? Um, I feel pretty much the same. I'm a little bit, we can get out of the desert now. Um, which it seems like they're they're getting there. It's like yeah. I think next section is going to be like it seemed like we were just leading up to a big fight. So mm-hmm. um, I think it'll move along fairly quickly after that. Um, and I liked I liked Vivi's flashback. I liked meeting some new people. But what's his name? Koza. Yeah, Koza. And then mm-hmm. um, finding out where he's at now, which is interesting um and then yeah the baroque works people more of them which was kind of fun because i don't think we've seen like that quantity of them interact with each other before it's usually been like just the two of them or like the two and then maybe they come across another two um but this was like a whole room full of them so that was kind of fun Mm -hmm. agreed yeah i got really excited for the like finally getting the baroque works agents together and like the building and stuff and kind of getting all of that information there um which we can get into that more later but i completely agree about the desert the desert to me has been so boring (laughs) like i i'm so glad that we skipped the filler that takes place in the desert like i just cannot imagine watching all of the canon episodes and all of the filler episodes that happen in the desert like that would just get so old to me was it those yeah. two kids that we see like a mm-hmm. little bit later on? Was it uh, in the bounty? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that episode with them, or I guess episode one hundred and one. So it's the second episode we'll be talking about. Basically, that whole episode was filler outside of the last five minutes. Hmm. Um. A yeah. A very very large chunk of that was filler. Um. Yeah, it felt so, like it. Yeah, I was excited to get to. So the episode 104 and 105 i mean i'm going a little bit more in depth with my thoughts than i was planning on like episode 104 yeah they're still in the desert but i really enjoyed episode one, uh, 104 just because of the information we were getting we got another luffy speech and then same with 105 like getting into a a city now and finally getting out of the desert um so yeah, I'm excited to move on to the next set of episodes for sure. Um, but these, the last few in this set, like toward the end, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. 
So we can go ahead and jump in to episode 100 now. The Straw Hats march across the desert, and tension begins to rise, along with the hunger and thirst of the crew. Vivi tells Nami about her history with the leader of the rebel army, Koza. A flashback uh, shows a young whippersnapper mouthing off to the king. And the king offers quarter to the boy and any citizens struggling to get by in the difficult times. After some time, Vivi and Koza bonded. One day, when Vivi goes to meet up with the other kids, she is confronted by kidnappers. Her new friend, her new friends step into fight as hard as they can, even being children going against full-grown adults. Koza makes one final stand against the head honcho and is able to knock him out, though he took a large cut in the process. Before the rest of the kid before the rest of the kidnappers jump Koza, King Cobra and his advisors jump in and finish the rest off. Eventually, Cobra uh, trusts Koza and his father with the responsibility of starting a new town called Yuba that will be essential for the growth of the Alabasta Kingdom. Amanda, we'll start with you. What do you think of this episode? That's the second time now I've said with you instead of with you. Like I need to, I don't know what the hell the speech pattern is going on over the last 10 minutes, but I need to cut the shit. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yikes. Um, (laughs) This was a fun one because I just said I like the um, the little flashback that we got. Um, And a little bit more of what we were kind of talking about last time with Vivi not like telling them everything all at once. I feel like that there was, she was like, oh, I should probably tell you about blah, blah, blah. I'm like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More information. Yeah. Thanks for sharing finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to see her as a kid and we see little baby Karoo. I was so happy to see <laughs> like a smaller <laughs> version of him. <laughs> um, and we kind of got more about a little bit more about like how the king, like what his demeanor is and how, you know, this kid was causing trouble. And then um, I think it was his dad who was running after him, like, you know, sacrifice me. Like, I know because he's acknowledged that, you know, his kid's causing problems or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the king's just, you know, like, it's fine. You, you know, whatever, we'll help you with whatever you need. So it's kind of nice that it reinforces that he is a good person. Because I think, again, last time I mentioned, I was a little bit worried that maybe he was the bad guy, uh, just yeah. in the the way that she was telling her story. Um and this kid Koza, that's an interesting one that now he is the leader of the rebel group. Um, and I was kind of disappointed. Well, you know, I'm sure that was obvious that he was going to kind of turn that way. But I was like, oh, no, they're not friends anymore. But <laughs> and I don't this may not be relevant to the plot. So it might not happen, although we do have thousands of episodes um that's one of my favorite tropes in stories is like the enemies to lovers thing so if that does end up mm. going anywhere that would be fun gotcha cute so no no vv zoro shipping it's vv Koza no shipping. yeah no leave <laughs> zoro alone <laughs> yeah i was like later i forget it's we see him as an adult a little bit later and i'm like come on just the second you look at her you're gonna be like Fuck this plan in those gross <laughs> classes. Yeah. yeah i mean that it's, it's not gonna be that easy but that's fine there's gonna be tension yeah that's always fun i mean like we were just talking before we started recording about gen v and there's some enemies to lovers in there and i was so excited about that so oh yeah gotcha yeah i'll have yeah. to watch i'll have to watch gen v because i did like yeah. 
I did like the boys, though I look back at it and I just remember the like crazy shit that happened and not necessarily a ton of stuff that I'm like, yeah, I want to see that again. <laughs> yeah. But like I under- I know yeah. the writing and like the story was so good that it kept me in, you know, enticed into what was going on. So like I get I remember why I liked it. I just don't remember parts that I liked outside of Soldier Boy, because that guy is mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Whitney, what about you? Yeah, I like this one too. Um, I love little Vivi. She's a little badass. She sticks up for herself, at least in the beginning. She was kind of just standing around towards the end when those gross adult men were trying to kidnap her while everybody else fought for her, which I guess I try to imagine what that situation would be like in real life. And I'm sure it's terrifying to grown men. Like, we're not going to hurt you. We just want to get a ransom from you. And it's like, still bad, still really gross and awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with Amanda. It seems like King Cobra is a good person and he understands. Cause I think um, the little boy Koza says like, my dad says your powers are limitless. Why aren't you doing something? And he's like, well, I can't control the weather, but he's not like condescending mm-hmm. to the little boy. He's very patient with him. Um, And he doesn't get upset with him, even though, like, I'm sure he's dealing with all that stress, like his kingdom's dying. So he's dealing with that. And then he's getting lambasted by this little boy. And you can tell that the, the dad was very scared for his kid's life and he, he didn't have to be worried. It turned out. So that was really nice. Um, the, uh, I didn't like that Koza called little Vivi the M word for little people that made me mad oh, midget midget yeah, i don't like that word it's not nice um but i'm not excusing it but i know this show is kind of old but i was just ugh, it cringed a little bit um what what cracked me up in the desert when they cut back to the crew is this giant monster scorpion pops up which i get it it's just monster after monster it's the desert i get it but um there's this visual of Sanji and Luffy and Zoro attacking it and killing it. And then Usopp's just panicking in the background, not doing anything. And um, Nami's like, go on with your story, Vivi, continue what you were saying. (laughs) Yeah. No big deal. Like whatever. We don't care what's going on. Um, And I, I don't know how you guys felt about little. Is it Koza? Is that right? Yeah. He reminds me of Luffy. He's like, I yeah. didn't do this because you're a princess. I would do this for any of my friends. And I just yeah. thought that was so sweet. So I'm hoping maybe that will come into, like, it'll come back mm-hmm. when they do meet as adults, that maybe they're more alike than they think. Um, and the, the only other thing that I made a note of, the what's what's the the king's, like, right-hand man that was with Vivi? Uh, with Igor- the, like, Washington hair. Igoram. Yeah, I forgot that he does that thing that he does. Oh, yeah. the mo- 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 <laughs> I had that note and I was like, I love it. I missed it. I was like, oh my oh. God, what was that? Oh yeah. I totally forgot about that and how annoying it was. But yeah, it was, he didn't do it too much this episode. So it, I think he just it did it the one laugh. time, but it was funny. Yeah, it was <laughs> Like mid conversation, dude, get it together. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he has a stutter, and that's his way of getting past it in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's almost like he's like clearing his throat or something with it. Yeah, right? Like that's maybe. almost what it feels like. He's like a singer warming up. He's like, yeah. try that next time. <laughs> that happened to me this morning. I was on a work call and I was talking a lot and I wasn't expecting to and I just had no voice and I was like, vocal <laughs> <laughs> like, fry. I'm sure yeah. I have that a lot. Sorry. You're like, what's for- wrong with you? Are you sick? Have you ever yeah, had those? <laughs> have you ever had those dreams where like you're trying to tell somebody something but like just nothing comes out like you're sitting there trying to scream and say something and trying to tell mm. them something yeah. and like there's no sound coming out of your mouth mm-hmm. like you don't I don't I've don't have those often but every once in a while I've had them and like those dreams are one creepy and two they suck <laughs> yeah I had a similar one the other night this is off topic but um I had I slept in my daughter's bed because she was really sick and I was like checking her temperature on and off. And, um, I had a really bad dream. And at this point, I don't even remember what it was, but I was telling whoever the bad guy was, I was like yelling stop at him in the dream over and over. And apparently I was saying it out loud and I woke her up, but it was more of like a stop. Because I was half asleep and I just remember her elbowing me and dying laughing because I was just like making a weird face. I, I hate those dreams where everything feels so real. Yes. Like even right yeah, after you those. wake up, it's terrifying. You know, then you're like on edge the whole rest of the day. <sighs> oh, they will ruin a day. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tangent. Uh, sorry. No, no. Hey, <laughs> no, no big deal. Um, I really enjoyed King Cobra's disguise, like walking around with like the bandana. Oh yeah. Uh, if, I, silly. if I had a bandana, I was gonna wear it on the podcast like that. Like just just cause like that's why I was gonna start recording. But unfortunately I don't have one. So that's unfortunate, you know, that sucks. Yeah. Um I I really enjoyed the flashback overall. Like I, I thought that it's interest it, it was pretty interesting to compare like young vivi to to older vivi like and obviously she's calmed down quite a bit like she was honestly kind of uh, aggressive as a child like whenever Koza was walking through at the very beginning of the flashback she was ready to start some shit yeah <laughs> um like so that's obviously not there as much anymore but like there are certain parts of her personality that you can definitely see are still still there and uh very present in in how vb uh thinks uh i really thought it was funny the during the flashback and whitney kind of already talked about one a little bit they have the the cuts back to the present day with just dumb shit like the scorpion or i didn't even remember what else it was it was just really dumb and extremely pointless and the first one i was like i don't understand why we flash back just to watch that and they did it again and i was like okay and then and then they did it again i was like okay this is just fucking funny like they just kept flashing back to for like 10 seconds to show something really stupid and i'm like why is this there (laughs) um yeah yeah, like the you know it just kind of got funnier as it became a pattern um then i had my note about igram's 
uh ma 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 uh <laughs> <laughs> uh and i'm not sure like as i was paying attention to these small little jumps to the present day I was like sitting there watching how everyone is interacting and I was like, I'm not sure if it feels normal or rude that Nami is the only person paying attention to what VD says. Right. And then I started thinking, I was like, that's probably a little bit of both. Like, I, I think that's pretty, <laughs> I think it's rude, but it's also on par. <laughs> I, I think you're right. It is kind of on par because also the ones that are not paying attention are going to be going along with it no matter what, mm -hmm. even without the bat. And Luffy probably wouldn't understand the story. <laughs> Zoro is just there. He's going to do whatever. Sanji's on board with Nami. So, well, yeah. gonna, I mean, at least Nami cares now. Like, she's developed enough to, like, care about other people's situations, I think. See, that's the one that surprised me with Sanji. I was like, I would figure that Sanji would be hanging on Vivi's every word. That's just, you know, True. that's my thought if he's going to be as crazy about her as he says he is. Um, yeah. But yeah, y'all ready to move on to episode 101? Y'all. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the crew takes a breather from their travels through the desert as a man hunting Ace stalks from afar. Ace finds a group of kids hiding in the desert and asks him to find a man who is also the person stalking Ace. Meanwhile, Luffy, Luffy comes across the man and he goes with Scorpion and eventually finds out he's planning to fight Ace. After a few poor attempts of taking Ace out, it is discovered that the kids Ace found are actually Scorpion's sons. Ace figures out that Scorpion lied about defeating Blackbeard to draw him out. Since Blackbeard's trail is no longer present in Alabasta, it is time for Ace to move on and continue his hunt. Before he leaves, he gives Luffy a piece of paper that he states will reunite them someday. So this episode was one that I was like mm, a lot of this feels really fucking pointless um and which is kind of funny because with so much of it being filler it actually did kind of blend into the situation pretty well mm -hmm. like I don't I don't think a lot of people would recognize it as filler unless you say yes that's filler um, yeah it was kind of seamless in that way like it it didn't like cut anywhere it just kind of yeah like it flowed with the story very well and it gave Ace his reason to leave. Like it 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 did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um the... Which was kind of sudden, if I'm being honest. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Oh no. Bye. Um <laughs> Luffy took off after the meat that was floating, uh, that the kids were using <laughs> with the fish hook, and I was like, Okay, here he goes again. But in his defense, he did state that there was floating meat. And he mm -hmm. was obviously following it. It's just Nami and Zoro were too dumb to turn around and possibly believe the per perfectly logical story that Luffy was saying. Um, I thought Ace, like whenever the kid shot the gun at Ace and Ace bounced it back with the bullet. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is he, he bounced it back with a rock. That's or was it a rock? No, he used a rock and threw it at the bullet. Um, okay. I must have missed that. But that's the funny part. I was like, if that bullet would have hit him, it wouldn't have done anything. Ace is literally made of fire. It just would have went right through him. 
That was my question. Would it have <laughs> no, it wouldn't have bothered him at all. Um, okay. The uh, the thing that I was like, you know what may be smart about this is even though they're in the desert and in the middle of nowhere, part of gun safety is not knowing where the bullet is going to land. So if he just lets that bullet go through him, he doesn't know what's behind him or who mm-hmm. uh, who is way back there um, mm-hmm. that it could possibly hit. It's like, I'm it. Uh, I'm out of the St. Louis area and there was someone at a Cardinals game a couple years ago that got shot in the stadium. Not ah. because not because that someone actually pulled the trigger on a gun in the stadium. There was a shooting like four blocks away and the bullet Jesus. carried that far and hit someone oh. in the stadium. Jesus. Like, like they just looked down and like all of a sudden their leg was bleeding and they're like, what's going on? And yeah, it was a bullet that was Worst in their day life. ever. And never crazy leave the house again. <laughs> right? Oh like God. you just don't know where that stuff's gonna, you know, where that stuff's gonna go. Like that's that's an important part about being safe with a gun. So that's the only thing I, I was thinking about when Ace did this. I was like, by him throwing that rock on it, sure it, it didn't save him at all because he wouldn't have been in any danger anyway, but it might have saved someone behind him. So I like that. Good thinking. Good thinking, Ace. Good guy, Ace. Uh, Scorpion's sons are named Chip and Dip. <laughs> I didn't even know that. And honestly, when I heard that, I started laughing. I was like, that sounds exactly like something Luffy would do. <laughs> like, yeah. just naming his children after food. <laughs> um, Like I said, the only thing that really is canon in this episode is like the last five minutes. And it's pretty much the only thing that matters it's the piece of paper that ace gives luffy when he leaves and we're not going to get an explanation on that piece of paper anytime soon but it is it is extremely important to the story of one piece and it's an important piece of paper i know i know know it is because then they like ended it and then the very next episode they were like well there's nothing on it i was like well fuck this then i know (laughs) i know it's so fucking important and it's important to remember that it's here <laughs> it's sewn into his hat yes so it is sewn into his hat right now uh but yeah Whitney let's go to you <laughs> we first see um turns out to be scorpion and I guess an ostrich is what I'm guessing because he rode it, and I know they ru- they run mm-hmm. pretty fast. I was like, "Who the hell are these guys?" <laughs> like, is <laughs> coming in here in the middle of a desert? And, you thought the um, ostrich was a Brokes work a- Brokes work well, agent, didn't he was, you? He was wearing, well, I didn't know because he was wearing the little like old timey airplane pilot yeah. thing, like like the doesn't one of the seagulls wear those or whatever they're called. Uh, uh yeah i think like the beaver or this or like the the vulture the did oh, yeah. well, see i was thinking of oh, yeah like the, the otter mail, not a beaver delivery like the the newspaper delivery. oh yeah of. yeah yeah so i was like he's really big and then i kind of realized he was an ostrich but um he and this may have been said before and i may have even mentioned it but i'm forgetful but he calls ace porcus d ace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's the d yeah, <laughs> Ace um, does have the will of D's nuts. <laughs> yeah. So is D kind of like a junior thing? Like, is it like a 
like a family so that that seems to be the case like Mm -hmm. uh it, it seems like usually the parents if the parents have the the will of d then the the children get it as well the um, will of d that's what it's called it's the will of d um hmm. i don't hmm. and like still to this day we do not know what the d stands for we know it's it has a big meaning to it in the world but we just we don't know exactly what the d stands for like some people think it's the dawn as in like the dawn of a new age um or mm-hmm. like dream like you know there's a lot of uh a lot of discussion about what it's what it actually means um but we do get Ace's uh, full name here. I don't okay. know if we got it before or not, but yeah, Porcus D. Ace. Is, oh, interesting because it's in the filler part. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Smoker said it. I think he said maybe. it la- in last week's episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, like Luffy, for instance, because we already know from, uh, from the live action that that garp is luffy's grandpa uh-huh. it's so does he have the d it is monkey d garp yes monkey d garp monkey d garp um this poor unfortunate man <laughs> <laughs> monkey d garp and luffy's so it's definitely a family thing then and luffy's father has it as well no yeah so we're Goal. gonna be roger Oh, see, you noticed the D and Roger too, mostly because Dr. Kareha pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know if D stood for anything, if it was more like a Ulysses S. Grant kind of deal, where it was mm-hmm. just the letter, you know? Yeah, it's, but... it definitely stands for something. We just don't really know what yet. Okay. Hmm. And they also mentioned that Ace's bounty is super high, but they didn't say how much, I don't think. Mm-hmm. She just was like, it's so high that every every bounty hunter wants him basically so Mm -hmm. um and so that's when i was like is because at first i was like is this blackbeard but he doesn't look like a blackbeard to me and then i realized he was a bounty hunter at that point um and i one of my favorite quotes from this episode i'm gonna read it really dramatically do it okay okay this is a luffy quote floating meat listen it's talking too whoa now it's running away wait meat come back here meat (laughs) (laughs) oh god it just kept going and it made me laugh why did that sound so sexual the way you said that (laughs) (laughs) come back meat (laughs) i've got a a 900 number voice Um, (laughs) uh, give that number for our listeners (laughs) this whole uh scorpion thing just kind of you know was kind of silly it kind of reminded me of um what's his face that we hate that lives in a box um gaimon gaimon like the first part of it i was like oh this is crazy he's gonna be an enemy to them and then it got silly like when he was gonna fight ace and he obviously was overpowered by ace and the kids are like begging him to stop and this dad is like no i'm not gonna stop i'm gonna for some reason continue this fight even though my kids are telling me it's okay 
because he says like what does he said it made me laugh the dad is like i'm a terrible liar and a terrible father to boot <laughs> okay um but it cracked me up too how much luffy loved scorpion like when he's riding with him on the ostrich and he's like yeah here we go we're gonna fight and when he when he said that he was going to fight ace i expected luffy to be like what that's my brother you can't do that but he was like oh this is gonna be great <laughs> and it was like okay luffy like he just loves life and i love that about him um i, I agree i loved luffy's reaction to that as well he's like oh this is gonna be funny <laughs> Yeah, and what was there was like a flashback to to the little boys and their dad, and obviously they're you know impoverished. They don't have a lot to eat, and one of them says something like, like he's looking at the stars and he's like, just imagine, just think about all the people that didn't get to eat a potato today. <laughs> I didn't like get that to was eat really a sad. That's funny. I ate a sweet potato today. Yeah, that counts. That's a tater. Okay, so I had chips. Hey, <laughs> it's always that good. works. We can count yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, what about you? Mm, I didn't really need this episode, but <laughs> it was fine. I mean, I was like, ah, here we go, more crying children. But there yeah. was a blank piece of paper out of it. Yeah, I mean, did. I was kind of like, once we figure out what's going on with scorpion and then we see more of him i'm like this guy's a bounty hunter like is he successful i don't i doubt it because i i don't know what's happening here like i understand ace is powerful and maybe he goes after like lower level criminals but then like why did he specifically i guess he just wanted the the bounty but yeah he chose this guy to go after just start lower i I don't know (laughs) the the way i connected it was because it was the because like the kids were in the flashback were like looking at Ace's wanted poster. Okay. So I, I kind of took it as he wanted to go after the person that if the kids saw him take them down, then they would be like, Holy shit, our dad took down Ace. Like, you yeah. know, that was kind of what that I was makes thinking. Sense. Right. And then like I mean, I, I kind of knew from the jump that Ace wasn't gonna wreck these people's lives they were like please stop don't kill our dad i'm like he's not gonna do that like really sad (laughs) i know i was like this is getting like out of control here like (laughs) he's not gonna do it um because he's good guys yeah Yeah, and then i was so curious about that piece of paper lame oh yeah so that was about that was about it (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) glad to see him leave farewell ace Mm mm-hmm Oh, yeah, no. that was that was so sudden. I felt like, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay." And then he just like poofed out into the desert. I know. Yeah, I was like, like he's gone. Yeah, just you know, fireballed away. Mm-hmm. Wish I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wonder. So, like, can Ace fly? Can he? I I I almost want to say he can. Like he can just make his fire fly, or like push him off the ground using flames. Like a rocket flies with the fire coming out of the ass end. Like why can't Ace just like fart and fly away? <laughs> Do you think he farts fire? Yeah, <laughs> you know he's done that. He's on a fucking Man, pirate. He totally crew. has. He, he's he's yeah. one of those guys. Who's like, hey guys, what's this? But he doesn't need the lighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he absolutely has to have done that. I mean, come, I know Ace has like come across as a very mature individual, but no, he's he definitely has to have those goofy moments with, with his crew. He's like a hit <laughs> at frat parties for sure. <laughs> Sometimes when I listen to our episodes, I like listen to my laugh. I'm like, fuck. I sound like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I sound like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't sound like Scooby-Doo at all. Row. <laughs> oh, I felt I was since we're talking about Ace, now I can't remember who it is, but this is totally unhelpful. Um, I was looking at like who people were fan casting as him because I think mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about that like on the recording or if it was just after yeah, we the did last time, but there were some week, rumors yeah, that they have ago. already picked the person uh-huh. just because like uh Inyaki follows him on Instagram and he I don't know, he like changed his profile picture to being Ace. Oh, did he? Cool. Which is what somebody else has done, but I—I I don't know. I don't—I don't know what he's been in. I think he's was in like a Disney Channel something or other. Yeah. I don't. Just the way he looks, I'm like, eh. I don't. I don't love oh, that. Man, but... no, he's got to be hot. Come on. No, he looks like he kind of looks like a douche. Honestly, he looks like a, <laughs> he looks like a fucking like frat boy douchebag. So he face. he totally could be a nice person, and I don't know him at all. So I, I don't know if you're like a fan of this kid. I was gonna Way say, to watch. He, he's actually he's absolutely <laughs> listening to this episode right now. He's probably, he's like, he probably like gives to charity every day and like saves cats and all sorts of shit. Sorry, prove us wrong. Come on the show. You can't. I don't even say your name, so who knows? He's <laughs> probably he knows. Real, he knows. He's probably like because, listening then, to our like, episode right now. She thinks I look like a douche. <laughs> well, I thought then I thought of somebody else, and now I can't remember who it is, and that's bugging me that I don't remember because I was like, about ooh, someone. Yeah, we yeah, talked we about did. it wasn't him, but we talked about Zolo that's on uh, Blue Beetle and Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, he doesn't look like because, like, I feel like this kid looks. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I think he probably. There are a couple people that were mentioned in the whatever I was like Reddit or something that I was looking at that like some of them looked very like Inyaki and some of them didn't at all. Mm-hmm. So I would. Oh yeah, because they probably... gotta look like family, right? Yeah, but I think this particular kid, maybe to me, just, like, didn't look old enough. I don't know how old Ace is supposed to be. I feel like he's, like, maybe 28 or something, but yeah, this yeah, kid looks a little younger. I think he's just a few years... Let's see. I think Luffy mentioned that Ace... Le- he's probably 20, because I think Luffy mentioned that he... That Ace left three years before him. So, and I think he's... I, so Luffy's 17. I would say Ace is probably 20. Yeah, he definitely gives off adult vibes because they talk about how he's like very courteous and he cleans up his messes and mm-hmm. you know, just kind of chill. Yeah. 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 Amanda, Amanda's looking things up. Researching furiously. Yep. This, is, this post is so long. Who is this? Emery Kelly? I have no clue who that is. Googling. His his face kind of looks like... He looks like Inyaki, I think. Uh, Mm. mm, The light's really dark. Oh! The light kind of sucks a little bit. What angle? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This uh, this one, I think he just looks like a a douche because of his backwards hat. That's probably it. Sorry. (laughs) Shave your beard, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So that Nothing against beards, line, but he looks right? young though. He looks super young. So I don't know. He does, but I can see a resemblance. Yeah. But he does look he doesn't look 
older than Inyaki. I don't think he does. Like, I feel like they could be, like, real close in age. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, it, like, so at the end of our live-action uh, finale, we were kind of fan-casting Smoker a little bit. So for the listeners, if you did not see, after we stopped recording, I did come up with the perfect casting for Smoker. Uh, Alan Richson, uh, who's in the current Jack Reacher series. He's also been on a few other movies uh like uh blue mountain state and wedding ringer um so i posted a picture with alan richson and with smoker on uh on our twitter if you get a chance go check that out because honestly he's the perfect casting right age he's already got the facial hair like he probably needs some white dye in his hair uh to match smokers but uh and he's shredded too <laughs> he's a big guy just like smoker <laughs> So he I was, remember sorry. I was just gonna say he was in Titans, um, the show about the Teen Titans that was on maybe HBO. Really? Ooh. Yeah. He that almost played... makes me want to like it or want to watch it. <laughs> I, watched, I watched all but the last season. I liked it pretty good. He played he wasn't one of the Titans, but he was like a hero that was like hmm. you know, with them. But I can't remember his title in that movie i'll look it up and see the uh the, it was kind of funny like when i saw him in reacher or like knowing he's going to be playing jack reacher because like that's a very serious role and even though like looking at him he looks like a guy that could be a really solid action action hero kind of uh actor but all i had seen him in up until then was comedy stuff like, I've only seen him in comedic roles. And he's hilarious. So, like, seeing him switch from the comedy to the serious side was really interesting to me. It was, it was really impressive. Like, he could definitely pull Smoker off. He played um, Hawk in the Hawk. DC universe. Um, okay. Hawk that and Dove. Familiar. The girl, it was a girl and guy, Hawk and Dove. They were kind of team, a team, I guess. Okay. Um, but he was Hawk. And he's, like, super jacked. Yeah, like he's, he's huge. Huge guy. Yeah, handsome guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I always imagine Smoker to be older. It's because of his yeah. white hair. But yeah. like Smoker is probably about 30 to 35. Okay. If, I had, if I had to guess. Because like at this point, he was a kid. Because we saw that flashback. He was a kid when Gold Roger got executed. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And that was like 20 years ago. So 20 years. Yeah, I would say he was like maybe 12 during the execution. So yeah, I would say like maybe 32, you know, 30 to 35, somewhere in there is probably yeah. a good age bet for, for Smoker. So yeah. Or, I would, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go for it. <laughs> I remembered who I, who the other person was that I saw was a people were fan casting for Ace that I liked better. And it's the kid who plays Red Dagger in uh, Miss Marvel. Oh, Yeah this guy oh, okay Knight. yeah yeah because he okay. does martial arts i think like or he's like a stunt performer or something like yeah that. you could kind of tell on that show that he does a lot of like acrobatic yeah types i like him better he's cute yeah that would work <laughs> i would i would definitely be okay with that yeah oh well we shall see yep y'all ready to move on to the next episode sure yeah cool 
To help Luffy keep track of the piece of paper he received from Ace, Nami sews it into the inside of the band on Luffy's hat. Miss All Sunday informs Crocodile that, with the pinnacle of their plan approaching, she has instructed the Baroque Works officers to, uh, to meet at the Spider's Cafe at 8 p.m. As time approaches, Miss Merry Christmas and Mr. Four arrive at the cafe shortly before Mr. Two. Uh, later, Mr. One arrives in the cafe as well. In a shock to the rest of the officers, the waitress at the cafe reveals herself to be Miss Doublefinger, the partner of Mr. One. With everyone now present, Miss Doublefinger reveals that they will travel together to meet Mr. Zero in person for the first time. Elsewhere, the Straw Hats arrive in Yuba, only to find it completely abandoned outside of one elderly man. He informs them that the rebel army is no longer there. They are now in Kataria, which is in the complete opposite direction from which they came. Once he discovers that Vivi is with the Straw Hats, the man reveals himself to be Koza's father, Toto. So I was really excited to see all the Baroque Works agents in this flashback because I just missed Mr. Five and uh, Miss Valentine. You know, I feel like we just needed a booger picker in, uh, yeah. <laughs> in the cafe. Uh, it's really the worst, though. I hate those guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we finally get to see all of the Broke Works agents. So, Amanda, we'll start with you. What do you think of this episode and all of our uh, new faces? This was fun. Um, back to the beginning, we just, you know, get the reveal that there's nothing on that piece of paper and then Nami's got a sewing kit on her, I guess, and then just whips it out and sews that into his hat, which is good. They beat up that poor camel because he tried to eat it. Um, and yeah, we got some new Baroque Works people. When they were talking about the Spider Cafe, I was expecting it to be more like dark and like loungy looking, mm -hmm. but it was just super bright and like out in the middle of the day. So not really any kind of like secret hideaway or anything like that. Um Miss Doublefinger is interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I liked her uh liked her blue hair though. That looked fun. Yeah, um, she was, uh, and I almost wondered, outfit. yeah, I was like, there's a lot of blue-haired people in this show. Kind of fun. Yeah. Um okay, what the the ballerina guy was who's that? Mr. Mr. Two. Mr. Two. He's my, my favorite. favorite yeah, it was when he goes, I'm such a lovely dancing boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so silly. Um, and then he had his little like troop of dancers with him. That Mr. Yeah. One beats the shit out of for no yeah. reason. Yeah, that's kind of that was I wonder if there's I mean, I'm sure there's more like animosity in between them the higher the numbers go. Because we were talking last week about how um I didn't realize that they they just kill each other off to get into a higher position which makes total sense but they seemed especially those like one and two were like very at each other's throats it seemed i would because like kind of like they didn't know that the that the that the waitress or whatever was miss doublefinger part of me right. wonders if mr two did not know that was mr one and just picked the fight to pick the fight oh, like, maybe yeah because like i i mean we know a couple of them have seen each other, but I'm not sure that all of them have actually met before. I think most of them have. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was... Uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and then I did think the pair... Was it Miss Christmas? Yeah, Miss Christmas. Christmas. 
yeah that's like she was talking super fast and her partner was talking so slow and she was so annoyed with him (laughs) i thought that's a fun pairing i was annoyed with her she was annoying as hell yeah no i love her i love her (laughs) Uh, they're all they're all fun people but yeah that was mostly it oh and then i was once we get to yuba and we see that that's all um dried out and then we see the guy is shoveling i was like that's probably koza's dad and i believe it was right yeah yeah okay yeah. well good I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I'm, I'm just curious and just it's a question that popped into my head so i know they mentioned that uh kataria is in the complete opposite direction from where we're at now and that's where the rebel army is was it in your head fuck now we're gonna be in this desert so much longer yeah because it's like (laughs) we gotta go here and then we have to go there and now we have in the wrong place and we have to go to another place i thought that they said it was the direction from where they came because they talked about how eyelash had been carrying stuff oh yeah for the rebel and that's why they kept beating on him um because he didn't tell them that so i kind of and and doesn't doesn't chopper say like oh yeah i that's where i ended up when Mm -hmm. i went missing so it's like they came all that way when they could have just yeah went a short distance i guess but at least now they know what's going on all Mm -hmm. over the place with the sandstorms and whatnot Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah because it was like uh the place is like if they were back in this in the town where they met Ace, if they had just went the opposite direction as the one they ended up going, as where Kataria mm. is. Okay. So yeah, they weren't far away from it when they were there, or like when they were in that town, but they just went in the completely wrong direction. Um, which I guess because like Eyelash didn't join until like halfway on their journey, whenever the murder bush tried to eat him. So I can't say it's his his fault that they went in the uh, opposite direction, but like he totally knew they were trying to find the rebels. He could have been like, "Hey, by the way, they're they're back that way." Did uh, you say murder bush? Yeah, the murder bush. <laughs> I'm sorry. How fantastic <laughs> a nickname would that be? <laughs> yeah, the mystery That's murder bush. The mystery desert bush, I think, is what uh, <laughs> Luffy called it. I just think murder Another bush. Mystery, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Whitney, what about you? What do you think of this episode and all of our new Baroque Works agents? I love all of these people so much. Um, <laughs> this Merry Christmas is the most annoying person. I, I, I think she's more annoying than Miss Valentine, but in a better way because she's entertaining. <laughs> she's like, stupid, 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 stupid. And she just like repeats herself. and Seven times. Know, Yes, it was so good. And I don't really know what Mr. Uh, Four's deal is. He just, like, laughs the whole time. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't sure who they were at first because when I was watching, I watched on Hulu, and it very clearly said Mr. Four on the caption for him, but the caption for Miss Merry Christmas was in Japanese. Hmm. Um, I didn't know who she was, which I mean, the tree kind of gave it away on her shirt, but they, they, they say her name later. Um, 
in the caption for the, I called her the bartender. I don't know if it's a bar or just like a cafe, but like the lady behind the bar mm-hmm. that turned out to be Miss Doublefinger, her caption was also in Japanese. So I don't know. Um, That's what odd how they go back and forth kind of. Yeah, that was strange. But, and I meant to ask you earlier on, on the first episode, uh-huh. when I look at the map, all these episodes have been starting with a map of Alabasta, but my map says Arabasta. Yeah. So there is a L and R switch thing. Yeah. There's a translation issue from Japanese to English where, um, where like L's and R's get mixed up sometimes. So sometimes you'll hear, uh, instead of Zoro, you'll hear Zolo. Um, Mm, or like Vivi's last name is Nefertari. And sometimes you'll heal your, you'll heal. Damn it. Son of a bitch. (laughs) You will hear nephil tari instead of nefer tari um or like or like uh arabasta instead of alabasta but yeah it's it's a translation thing okay i was really excited to see mr two again i loved him when he met the straw hats and he's just so entertaining i love him so much (laughs) um Amanda said that he was like, I'm such a lovely dancing boy. And he kept going pretty shoes and mascara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was so I'm like, yes, that's what I'm about. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I can understand, did they call the bartender lady Paula before? Yeah. I think they might have. I thought that was what they said. And I was like, why is she so nice to everyone except Mr. Two? She was kind of a jerk to him, but nobody else. Like even Miss... Um, Merry Christmas that was a jerk anyway she was very nice and patient with her and I was like why I don't know but um, I didn't even notice honestly whose partner is she Mr. One she's Mr. One's partner Mm -hmm. who's Mr. Two's partner Mr. Two does not have a partner he's the only officer agent that does not have a partner okay um and Mr. Two when he gets to the bar I wrote this quote down (laughs) he says and let me make it clear that I am not uh, pro body shaming, <laughs> but the the statement he made just took me off guard. It made me laugh. He said, "The fatty and the old hag are here with us." <laughs> oh man! And I don't know, but he just reminds me of like a drag queen in a way. Like he's so mm-hmm. like clever and fast and sassy and amazing, and I, I... love drag queens so much. I think that's exactly what Odo is going for. I think that's why I'm drawn to him so much. Like I'm a huge drag race fan and I don't I love to go to drag shows and he's just great. I love him. Um and so like Miss Doublefinger, you know, we see that that's who she really is and she talks about how they have an order to go meet the boss. Um to go to the she says the city of dreams and to meet a man we know but whose face we've never seen. Um, so they don't know who Mr. Zero is. And I don't know if I just realized that or if I forgot that. Um, but I think that's interesting that he's choosing to, because I feel like that's a security risk. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you know who the top of the line is, it might be kind of difficult. Um, and I was kind of worried when they ran into Toto, the dad, because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how he would react um to Vivi but I was really kind of pleasantly surprised that he was happy to see her and that he um doesn't support the rebels he's still a a pro King Cobra guy Mm -hmm. 
And it was interesting. He said that most of the country still was, I don't know if it was this episode or the next one, but um, he was like, most of the country still supports King Cobra, which was interesting. So I don't know, I guess this rebel army, I can see that they're upset over not having resources that they need, but I'm one, I'm hoping they'll figure out before the battle happens that he's not the enemy that King Cobra is not the enemy. He didn't do this to them. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Okay. I like, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. And it causes, uh, thoughts toward the King is definitely something that's interesting, which I know we haven't gotten a lot of that here, but we uh, are like in these episodes, but I know we definitely will, uh, before it like in next week's episodes we'll get some more thoughts and like Coase's uh you know way he thinks toward the king I guess you would say mm -hmm. um I don't have a ton to say on this one I really really enjoyed this episode I just I liked seeing all of the Baroque Works agents coming together you know we meet Mr. Four and we meet uh Miss Merry Christmas and Mr. One and Miss Doublefinger. Um, is she like finger guns? Is that why it's Doublefinger? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> pew pew. I don't actually <laughs> know. I I, I should so have looked funny. up because like we kind of talked about that. All of the uh, women are like holidays, right? Yeah. So like there has to be a Doublefinger holiday in Japan. Hmm. So like I, I should have looked it up. Now Amanda's gonna look it up. Cool. And I President will keep talking. <laughs> I will keep talking in the meantime. So I don't know if you noticed or not, because uh the where she was working, I actually want to say that she owns the place. Um, mm -hmm. but it is called the Spider's Cafe. And when she put like her actual or like revealed herself to be Miss Doublefinger mm -hmm. on her like on her clothing or whatever on her stomach is like a circle with eight legs coming out of it like a spider i yeah. thought that was pretty cool that um, is cool it was like a cat suit like cat yeah woman yes. yeah it was very cat esque and it was yeah. it was funny whenever they started this scene and they showed her behind the counter i was like that looks like miss Doublefinger, <laughs> but i also don't know that that's her <laughs> like i don't know why i was going back and forth on it. i was like is that her that has to be her that's totally her right and <laughs> for some reason i was second guessing it um i think it was because i was waiting for the big blue poofy hair before i came to conclusions so, like i saw the curly hair in the back i was like that looks right <laughs> i kind of want to like amanda and i've been talking about um uh comic convention that we're going to and like cosplay and things like that i kind of want to cosplay as miss merry christmas now <laughs> you I should I really do it do something but i'm like i don't know if i have enough time it's like less than a month away i don't know but i'm wondering like could i find this stuff at goodwill like and just get some, like purple lipstick yeah the only problem is my hair because she she has black hair right i don't want to wear a wig I didn't even remember. Right. They just like suspend belief and yeah. imagine. <laughs> that would be a great cosplay. It'd be yeah. so much fun. And I'll just be a jerk to everybody. 
<laughs> and repeat everything you say 10 times yeah stupid 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 <laughs> um, i i figured out double finger okay it is for new year's day because that is one slash one so it's two. Oh, oh that's okay cool. i like yeah. that that is cool um wow. yeah that's wow. pretty cool wow <laughs> and that makes sense why she's partnered with mr one i really yeah. like that one oh. yeah. Yeah. Mr. One, by the way, is a total d-hole. Yeah, <laughs> like d-hole. what's his problem? He's like a more serious jerky Zorro. Like he's not like because he's real. He, he kind of sounds like Zorro a to bit. me, like his mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Um, but he's just mm-hmm. like he comes in, arm guns ablazing. Like i'm just gonna kick everybody's ass for the hell of it like what are what's your deal like you're already number one Mm -hmm. you're fine so speaking of that i'm just curious so now we kind of see all of the officer agents here and we know a fight's coming i'm Mm -hmm. just who's gonna fight who any guesses hmm i think Maybe Mr. Four and Mr. One, because they're kind of comparable sizes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, like who from the Straw Hats is going to fight who from Burrow? Oh, from the Straw Hats. Zoro, I think. Mr. Two, they'll just kick each other. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh! Or you mean Sanji? Like oh, yeah, Sanji, Sanji and Mr. Two? Yeah. Yes, I would love that so much because one they they both speak French. Oh yeah. Because Mr. Two kept counting in french uh the mm-hmm. trois or mm-hmm. whatever right, yeah, yeah um that would be cool getting flashbacks to my ballet days with them. <laughs> <laughs> looks painful Ugh, the toes yep i don't know i feel like zoro might go against maybe i was gonna say number one but i wonder who luffy if luffy's gonna fight crocodile then maybe zoro and number one I think that makes sense. I hate to I hate to pit the girls against the girls and the guys against the guys, but it just makes sense to me yeah. with their personalities and their abilities, maybe. Okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, just like, um, yeah, I just, I was just curious if, if you had any thoughts on it. So, yeah. And I'm then Chopper's going to fight the, the big crocodile that's swimming around. Ooh. <laughs> the banana gator. <laughs> maybe he can just talk to it and like put a harness on it and just ride it around oh, maybe yeah <laughs> i would just love be friends. don't put caro in the water i would love him. to hear a conversation between chopper and the banana gator <laughs> banana gator yeah they're banana gators yeah oh. that's fun to say banana gators yeah he's if you look on his head he's got a little banana so he's an oh. alligator Crocodiles are the ones that swim, though, aren't yeah. they? I think they... Or do they both? Well, they probably... I think they both do, but, like, Crocodile owns an alligator. Yeah. Would you That's... prefer to call it a banana dial? Well, no, I just think it's weird that he doesn't own a crocodile. His name is Crocodile. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know it what you expect weird. from me, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I need some consistency here okay well that's definitely not me (laughs) you say that like you created this uh world (laughs) we never know maybe i did well lend me some money 
<laughs> I know, right? Please, I need to get that photo with Charlie Cox. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I might faint. I was talking with someone the other day about like Oda's age or something like that. And we did the math and he would have started One Piece at the age of 23. That's insane wow. to me. Dang. Prodigy. Like, yeah, how how I young he not was. I have my shit together at 23. <laughs> I don't have no, it together now. No way. Yeah. Still don't. Still don't. Like, yeah, he would have been, like, what we're watching right now is probably a 24-year-old writing it. Like, it's crazy. Um, Y'all ready to move on to episode 104? Yeah. Okay. The Straw Hats finally get a chance to rest in beds after being out in a desert for days. In the meantime, Toto continues to dig through the night in an attempt to find water and bring Yuba back to its glory. After explaining his drive to dig and what's succeeding him to, uh, what succeeding means to him, Luffy decides to help out as well. Elsewhere, the Baroque Works agents wait impatiently in a conference room for the arrival of Mr. Zero. With an introduction from Miss All Sunday, the officers are shocked to see that their boss is none other than Crocodile. While he explains that his final goal in this operation is military strength, the details on how that will be achieved and what that means is not revealed to us as the viewers. As the final orders are handed out, Mr. Three joins the meeting. After joining the conversation, uh, and or let's see, after joining the conversation, he reveals uh, the details of his failed operation at Little Garden. Baroque Works now has put together that the Straw Hats are still alive and likely on already on Alabasta. Crocodile is sent into a rage and feeds Mr. Three to his banana gators. Back in the desert, as the Straw Hats prepare to depart, Toto hands Luffy one cup of water that he earned in his hard work through the night. During their walk through the desert, Luffy decides it's time to set the record straight on their course of action. He and Vivi get into a heated argument about the best way to proceed to end the threat to Alabasta as quickly as possible. Do you take the route that has a high risk of failure for a small chance to save the most lives, or do you take the more aggressive route that will likely cost lives? but end the threat to Alabasta. Amanda, let's go with you. What you, would you think about this episode? There's a lot that went on in this one. There was. Um, this is a very busy episode. Yeah. Um, we. I don't think we had seen Crocodile's face until now. Is that true? Yeah. No, we had. I like we um, saw like shadowy bits. Maybe I just didn't remember. Uh, like, like the, oh, there he is. The last episode <laughs> before we uh, went to the live action, we saw him fight. Okay. Yeah, he took out a group of pirates. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, I guess it was nice to have them all in that room together, and then they kind of realize who he is. Um, but then, of course, he doesn't, like, divulge the whole plan, which I suppose makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotta keep us I on also, our toes. Yeah, I forgot about him being a warlord as well. Mm-hmm. So Me too. That was, yeah, I was like, oh, shit, there we go, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, how many do we have so far? We've got uh, we've got three names right now. So we've got Mihawk that we've met, Crocodile that we've met, and Jimbe is the one that we know the name of, but we haven't met him. Fish man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, fucking Sanji. Like, just you can't get into people's beds. That was bad. That was a bad one. Like, I forgot about that. (laughs) My God. (laughs) 
<laughs> no words, Bella. I don't know. Just <laughs> yikes. Um right, so back to the the room with everybody from Baroque works in there. I where that was underwater, I guess. Yeah, kind of. Because I I mean, because you could see the through the glass, the banana gators <laughs> swimming around out there. They reminded me of the the one from the old Peter Pan, because they kind of had that like round body shape to it. Mm-hmm. Chonky boys. Um, yes. Um, and then I guess just moving along, I was sort of surprised pleasantly with Luffy's restraint on that water that Toto spent all night <laughs> digging up. I was like, oh, he's actually like, you know, not letting everybody just attack him for it. He's like, the guy worked hard. Good for him. Yeah. Um, what else? There was so much that I kind of forgot and I didn't take a lot of notes on this one for some reason. But yeah, I mean, I think it was good. There was just a lot that happened to move the plot along. Uh, so yeah. Okay. I liked it. Cool. I'm glad. I liked this episode too. Whitney, what about you? Um, I think um, Usopp actually said such a good line here when Sanji was in Nami's bed. And he was like, the award for biggest perv goes to Sanji. <laughs> you got that one right, Usopp. That was terrible. That was like further proof that what they did with Sanji in the live action was such a good decision. And I really hope they don't do any of that <laughs> because yeah. super I unlikable. I can't imagine that they would like, cause I, hope I mean, the way that they did live action Sanji, if they started doing anything like that, it would be so out of character for him. Yeah. yeah. Like I could see him maybe when they get there, him just kind of looking at Nami and being like, do you want company? And then he'd be <laughs> like, "Ugh," and he'd be like, okay, I tried, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still pushy, but it's not like creep alert, you know. And what then, I mean? and then you've got live action Zoro just like stares off to the side, dumbass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what you expect to happen. Um, it cracked me up to see Luffy when he was digging with this guy, and he was doing a really bad job just throwing the sand back where it was coming out. And I wrote one of my other favorite quotes <laughs> from this set of episodes, the old man gets like really frustrated that he's just filling up the holes he already dug. And he says, um, I'll never get done with you filling my holes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, but then he does a really good job and he helps a lot. And of course falls asleep afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that Crocodile's like, I don't want money or power, but it's like, what do you want? It's He says something about he wants military strength. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of power, though? I mean, I feel like, like, what are you going to do with that military strength? So he calls it Operation Utopia. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, are you really aiming towards a better world? You're just doing it the wrong way. Like, are we going Thanos here or do you really have bad goals in mind I don't know yet um I like that they finally revealed that uh Sanji was the one on the snail phone oh yeah um that whole thing that was kind of funny that they realized they were all foiled because you think they got their shit together and then they were foiled by a guy who's like who's calling okay I'm just gonna pretend to be whatever he says something like this is the crap cafe. 
Yeah, some kind of cafe, yeah. Um, and then crocodile, like, I guess dehydrates is the best way I could put oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, we saw him when he was fighting those pirates and all the townspeople were cheering. They kind of looked mummified mm-hmm. in a way. And that's how Mr. Three looked, but he didn't die from it. Mm-hmm. He was just saying, I need water. So I was like, he's dehydrating. He's sucking the water out of things. And I'm like, is that what crocodile is doing to alabasta is he's sucking all the moisture out of it mm. to cause this problem right because even mm. the was it yuba that was supposed to be an oasis yep and it was totally dry it's like he did that maybe like he's mm. causing these sandstorms and he's taking all the moisture out of the air so maybe he cannot just do that to people he can do it to the environment which is causing this whole rebel battle conflict Right. That's my theory. Right. Mm-hmm. Then that would then make more sense to me, like why specifically this area is exactly like, why they're choosing to target this one. Mm-hmm. And they said it's been three years. Is that right? They say think, at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, I but, think they did. Yeah. Three it's years. like, is that how long Mr. Crocodile has been there? Three mm-hmm. years, maybe? Who knows? I don't mm-hmm. know. But I thought that that kind of just stuck in my brain that if he can take moisture out of people, maybe that's what he's doing to the land. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I still don't know what that power would be called. <laughs> dry, dry. The, the dry, dry power. Dry, dry, dry I bet the dry, dry fruit tastes like sand. <laughs> <laughs> um. Like I already mentioned, I fucking loved this episode. I when I, the first time I watched it, uh, la- well, last week when I watched it, uh, I was like, I was on lunch break at work, and I was completely engulfed in everything that was being said. I even looked at and my friend Alex that got me stuck on one piece. I was like, I forgot how great this scene is with all of the Baroque Works agent finally coming together and like talking with crocodile and breaking everything down and like at the same time trying to compress all of the egos in the room and to to get to know each other and somehow still work as effective cogs um so that scene i absolutely loved um the scene with Luffy later is one of the most iconic scenes in in Alabasta. A lot of people, that's the one that they remember is Vivi and Luffy uh, discussing how they want to proceed uh, from that point in time. Uh, and we got my favorite move from Luffy here whenever Usopp was trying to drink the water and and Luffy used his new move, the gum gum, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that one. I thought that was absolutely that hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, because he, he was like uh, trying to keep the cup away from Usopp and like he even said gum gum like he was about to do something and then he's just like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um the when he was digging the holes with toto i loved the little conversation that they had there and toto was getting so pissed (laughs) he was like like, i'm digging holes and you're filling them up the sand from your from the hole you're digging is going into the hole i'm digging in other words you're not helping and (laughs) 
and like Luffy just stares at him with the blank face and just all of a sudden it clicks he goes ah it's a mystery hole (laughs) (laughs) um so i already mentioned the the scene with crocodile and the officer agents was absolutely fantastic and especially as all of the pieces were falling together that the straw hats were were still alive like i really liked the uh the shock in everyone's voices and faces as they pieced this together like no one had all of the information and it took them being mad at each other and explaining things and like what they had been through before they finally realized oh shit we fucked up (laughs) um Mm -hmm. And the whole time, Crocodile is just getting more and more livid. Mm -hmm. But if you notice throughout all of it, so like Mr. Two used his ability to like change faces from the crew. Oh, yeah. And got all of the all of the faces. um, And then Mr. Three also was using his... uh, you know his memory to like try to piece the things together too and then like you know mr mr two had chopper's face but chopper was not with the crew when mr three was there so like there they've pieced that together as well Mm -hmm. um but if you notice there's still one person that was not brought up and that was sanji sanji yeah because they never saw him exactly neither one of them ever saw him but Miss All Sunday did see him. She oh, knows that he's there and she didn't yeah. bring him up. So that's just, I, I thought that was pretty interesting that she knows mm. that there's someone missing it. And she's just like, yeah, I'm going to keep that one to myself. We're just going to not add in this extra person here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, I thought I thought that was pretty interesting that she had the extra piece that she chose not to share with her team. Um, Luffy again pulls the side of his character out that makes you hate him at first until you discover his reasoning like at first when he was sitting down in front of the stream he's like I quit I'm done you're like Luffy what the fuck are you doing like come on what what's going on here and then he starts explaining and it's like son of a bitch I agree with him <laughs> um, and it was really hard to watch that scene with him and Vivi arguing back and forth and and you know tension and and emotions running so high but it was like not only essential for the future of Alabasta but Luffy again using moments like this to help those around him look inside of themselves because he decided to throw a little fit uh in quotations he helped vivi grow as a person and realize that while yes is she thinking with the best case scenario absolutely but it's not it's not logical to think that the way she was going about this was going to help out and the matter of or the fact of the matter is that vivi asked the straw hats for their help to take down crocodile so far through Alabasta, she has been carrying around a loaded cannon as an escort for a peace mission. And Luffy just simply decided that that peace mission 
isn't realistic at this point. So it's time for her to aim the straw hat, hat candle and light the fuse or aim the straw hat cannon and light the fuse. Like just point him in the right direction and let him do his thing. That's why he's here. Um, and so I, I wrote down Luffy's little speech here because I really enjoyed it. It was maybe we can keep the people from starting a rebellion, but that won't stop Crocodile. We won't accomplish anything in Kataria. We're pirates. Everyone knows where things are better without us around. You want it to work out so nobody dies in this fight. We are up against one of the seven warlords and a million of your own people, and you still want everyone to end up all safe and sound. You'll never win that way. Do you think that putting your life on the line is enough to stop this from happening? And that's when Vivi asks, what else should I be putting uh, on the line with it, Luffy? And he says, you can at least try putting our lives on the line together. Aren't we friends? And it's interesting to me because I actually thought about this scene during the flashback. Uh, during Vivi's flashback with Koza. Because at toward the end of the flashback, Igaram is with the king and says, those who are to lead their countrymen must make life and death decisions without hesitation. Vivi is much too tender-hearted for such crushing responsibility. Mm -hmm. So even then, way back when she's little, we are seeing, we are still seeing the same personality now and the same thoughts now that we were then. Vivi has not been able to stand the thought of someone giving their life for her, regardless of if they are friends or her friends or not. And she has hit a point in her time, uh, she has hit a point in time in her life where that has come back to her and realized that as the ruler of a nation, she's going to have to allow others to put their life on the line for the nation besides her. And she's going to have to allow them to put the li their lives on the line for her. And that's not an easy decision to make at all. But that's just, a, Vivi is a great, great leader in a lot of ways. Well, and, and you can see how much that bothered her when she was a kid. <laughs> and they were like, I'll fight for you till the death. And that really bothered her a lot. Because maybe her dad was like, what's bothering you? And she's like, these people were going to die for me. Mm-hmm. And it made her really uncomfortable, which is understandable, but she still kind of feels that way. She's going to have to understand that that's just how it's going to have to be. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I think, and that's something that Vivi's just going to have to figure out how to, how to work around. She's a, she's a great leader in a lot of ways, but that's one where she, one way where she's going to have to have to deal with it. If she wants to be a leader like her dad is honestly, Mm -hmm. you know um so like I, like I said absolutely absolutely fucking loved this episode I I was already excited about the broke work scene in the, like the first half of the episode but then when we got the Luffy uh speech and and scene with Vivi in the second half of the episode I was like damn um solid episode for sure anything else before we move on to 105 do it okay <laughs> After realizing that Luffy is right, Vivi informs the crew that they are changing their destination to Rainbase. That is where Crocodile resides. In Kataria, Koza and the Rebels make the final preparations for an attack on Alabarna, the capital of Alabasta. Now in the capital, 
Kairu finally arrives back with the message from Vivi to fill her father in on the situation, as well as the identity of the person behind the misfortune that has befallen Alabasta over recent years. With the arrival of the news, Cobra orders Pell and Chaka to ready the Royal Army for a march to Rainbase. Back with the Straw Hats, they finally enter the city of Rainbase. Luffy and Usopp burst into a cafe for drink and find Smoker and Tashigi also enjoying a drink. As the Marines chase the Straw Hats through the streets, Zoro notices several people around the city carrying pictures of the crew. The Baroque Works agents join in on the chase after the Straw Hats as well. The crew splits up to try and eliminate and lose some of the pursuers. When they reconvene at Rain Dinners, Crocodile's base of operations, Vivi, Sanji, and Chopper are nowhere to be seen. However, because of the pursuit of Smoker, the Straw Hats that are there are forced to head inside and try and lose him. Whitney, let's start with you. Um, I mean, I didn't have a ton of notes on this. I was kind of just watching the action here um, mm-hmm. and like being split up. That's kind of one of my favorite things to see that everybody's different directions. And it's, it's interesting to see how they all end up at the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really happy that Karu came through best boy around. Um, I think that's going to be really helpful now that they know who they're going after or, who, or who's coming after them. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to, seeing what happens i kind of forgot that smoker and tashigi were around (laughs) Um, i know that sounds awful but like my brain just when when it goes on this four episode uh journey and we don't see them for a while i forget because i think was the last time we saw them they were in the episode from last week yep okay so yeah that kind of slipped my mind and i don't i don't know what smoker's goal is outside of just being a marine to catch a pirate Mm -hmm. that may be his only goal i don't know i'm not sure how i feel about him as a character Mm -hmm. um he does seem like a marine that is the most of what you would expect a marine to be Mm -hmm. because i haven't seen a shady side from him yet really Mm -hmm. and that could just be me overlooking it but um it's it's kind of like what we saw in uh, the live action at the beginning before we knew about Garp's ties to Luffy. It's like, what is his deal? Like, why is, why is it this one guy that he's going after so strongly? So it makes me wonder if there's another reason, but maybe not. Maybe he's just like, I'm, I'm really good at my job and I'm going to get it done. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'm sure you know more. And so you have a better view of Smoker, but I don't like, is he just, a perfectionist that wants to do a good job or does he have other things in mind? I think the, like my thoughts are, and we can get Amanda's too. Like, I think part of it is that smoker is a perfectionist. Luffy Mm -hmm. is the one pirate in a long time that has gotten past him at Logtown, And -hmm. I think that bothers him, but also he made several comparisons at at Logtown of Luffy to gold Roger Mm-hmm. and knowing the kind of chaos that roger created i think the thought of a possible second coming of gold roger scares the crap out of it and so he, he it's like i need to stop him here you know yeah that makes sense to me that's kind of that's kind of the way i've taken it at this point amanda what, what about you 
Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I was kind of along the same lines as Whitney because he hasn't been like specifically one way or the other. So I think that ambiguity is like kind of making it hard to decide how we feel about him in general because he doesn't seem to I don't know who else to compare him to except for like live action Garp, but he doesn't mm-hmm. seem like super hell bent on chasing after Luffy at every opportunity. So it's kind of just like, well, he's here now, and mm-hmm. maybe he'll go after him. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I guess he's just kind of been here and there, not enough to form a super strong opinion on him one way or the other. Uh, and that's the thing, like he's kind of forgettable in a way. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, because I'm sure there's people out there that really like his character, but I just, he doesn't stick in my mind mm-hmm. after he's off screen mm-hmm. for right. some reason. And maybe he will, but right now he doesn't, because there's so much else going on yeah. with this other story. Yeah, like I kind of forgot about him too, and then like in my notes I wrote, oh shit, Smoker's here. Yeah, <laughs> this is so random. Like he's yeah. just always there, creepily hanging out somewhere lurking in the background mm-hmm. <laughs> uh did you have anything else on the episode Whitney no I think that's it I'm looking forward to seeing what goes down here because everybody knows about everybody and they're all in the place they need to be so yeah okay Amanda what about you what do you think of this episode um a lot of the same very happy to see the Karu is safe <laughs> good boy <laughs> i liked the uh um, water that he was drinking so oh he was, yeah like, sitting back there like a... <laughs> yeah, oh, I man. Loved it. give him everything mm-hmm. um i thought it was funny how jittery zoro gets around to shigi he's like oh my god <laughs> please stop please go away i can't look at you i had um, that note too <laughs> yeah uh and then she's just like come on she's so she's very after him like as opposed to what I was saying about Smoker, like, not being super into catching Luffy. She's very, like, we need to <laughs> end this or whatever. I hate um, her. <laughs> I know. She's annoying. Um, And I was, yeah, excited to see that we're starting to get fights again. Um, Because we got just a little bit of Zoro fighting, a little bit of Sanji fighting. I was like, yes, here we go. Uh, so I'm glad that they are, like Whitney said, they're all in the place they need to be. And stuff is kind of, you know. Baroque Works knows who they are now, so that's just opened a whole other can of worms on top of the rebel people whenever they start to interact. So that should be good. I'm excited yeah. to see that. Mm-hmm. And then we got a little bit of um, adult Corza here, but not a ton. Just kind of saw him sitting in the tent. So yeah, not really sure just what kind of a person he is at this point. Mulling it yeah. over. Yeah, well, because didn't he say, I didn't write it down, but I feel like he said something that was kind of like non-committal, like we're doing this because we have to, not like he was, he had a super strong opinion of it one way or the other. He was Mm kind of like, this is just the way it is, so this is what we're doing. Mm, Yeah, I think it was something like that, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can tell he believes in his cause, but it's just, Mm -hmm. you can tell he's also kind of conflicted because i think his cause also goes against something that he also believes in if that makes sense right yeah like i think he's just having trouble with that a little bit yeah he didn't seem like a zealot i guess Mm -hmm. he kind of just was like well i gotta do something so this is what i'm doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um 
I think that Tashigi deserves the MVPs for paying for Usopp and Luffy's theft of precious water. <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, yeah. okay, she she's great. <laughs> um, and I, I, like Amanda said, I thought it was really funny that Zoro gets so defensive over his reasons for everything. And he gets so flustered by Tashigi. Like, if that was anybody else, he would not have cared to explain himself at all. He, right. I mean, you know, he basically would have just flipped him off with his eyes and walked away. Like, the, so was it, it, it was this part that he was like, I can't look at your face. And she was like, are you calling me ugly? Yeah, it was. <laughs> of that nature. Yeah, he was, he's like, he's like, you need to quit having that face or something like that. And he's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I don't know if you saw it or not. We got a panda man sighting in this oh, episode. This time, uh, <laughs> behind Nami and Usopp, like right before they ran into the casino, and it's it funny because literally, like they're just wearing a panda mask. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's funny because if you look on the panda man shirt, there's a panda on his shirt. Uh, so it's like deception. <laughs> uh, I absolutely loved cobra in this set of episodes so between keeping a level head in vivi's flashback and also refusing to attack his own people even with this news of the rebellion tension coming to an all-time high um and while his advisors are getting emotional at the situation also thinking about like the the odds against him cobra has kept a level head and only cares about the well-being of his country. The palace, the odds against him, and even of his own life don't matter to him if his nation is not able to make it out of the other side of this coming conflict. And I so I, I absolutely loved that. We got a lot more Cobra in these set of episodes and got to know him a little bit better as, as a uh, person and as a leader. Um, and then just lastly, like a lot of this episode was building up and the conflict in like the deep some of the details you know or more details of of this conflict that is rising it's keep we keep learning more and more about it and all that's left really is the details of crocodile's plan we know he's looking for military strength we still don't know exactly what he's planning on doing to achieve that besides causing a war between the rebels and the, in the Royal army and the way he was talking, it almost made it seem like there was an actual tool that would, I don't, and I don't have exactly his quote, but like whenever he started getting ready to talk about his military strength, it's like the camera fades in or fades out and kind of back in like it's skipping time like they're skipping the conversation mm -hmm. of his details mm -hmm. and so if you, when you come back in to to that room the way he's talking almost seems like he's talking about a particular object that he's going to find or yeah. that he's looking for to... is it the one piece yes <laughs> um <laughs> that that's going to take this over the top and it, so it's it's 
we still have a lot of details left there that need to be uncovered. Um, but and the other thing that's that's building is the tension between the Straw Hats and the officer agents of Baroque Works. The Straw Hats have already met several of them. I mean, there's definitely some some faces that haven't been seen. But and, and not only that, right now Luffy is in the same building with Crocodile. Like shit's building here. Shit's getting real. You know, so I'm really excited to see where this goes from here. So like I like I kind of mentioned at the beginning uh, of this set of episodes, or like, you know, kind of going over them all. Beginning episodes, a little, a little slow. I mean, I liked Vivi's backstory, but these last two episodes, man, I was I was loving all of this. And just like the last one was more the information dumps and the and the speeches that were happening and this one is more just the buildup of to what's coming um, than anything, I think. Um, anything else before we move on to our extra shit? Nope. Extra shit. Extra shit. Okay, that's what we're going to start calling it from now on, extra shit. <laughs> okay, any other quotes? No. No. Okay. Um, How about no? We did that last week. Yeah, we did. You're filling my holes. (laughs) Uh, Pirate pal. All right. So the only pirate I could find in these episodes that we don't already know very well, and maybe you guys can correct me, but I picked our buddy, Crocodile. Okay. Who is is a warlord. Face scar situation is curious wonder how that happened yeah that's a it good is. question it's like all the way it's like ear to ear all the way across his nose and you can see the little stitch marks so that is interesting i don't know mm-hmm. and i just realized he smokes a cigar i don't know why i didn't mm-hmm. i don't know if that's important but him and smoker would get along really well and he has a hook correct he does because he's based off oh. of captain hook and he's got the little alligators there you go mm-hmm. um yeah, so sense. that's our new pirate pal for the week, guys. Cool, I'm all for it. I love Crocodile. We already know the name of. Okay, and piece of shit nominations. So I came up with one, and as we were talking and discussing these episodes today, I came up with a second one. So my first one was Toto. Uh, I... In in the flashback, there were several times where he was like, and I get he was nervous to be around the king, but like when his, when the kid was speaking up and like voicing his concerns, don't get me wrong. I get he's a kid and it was a little, you know, immature and, and, and stuff like that. He was being a kid though. And his his dad was like, you stupid idiot. And he just like started beating the hell out of him over his head. I was like, damn guy, that's okay. Because <laughs> um, he thought his kid was going to be killed. I I know, but I, still calling him a stupid idiot and beating him over the head. I was like, oh. They that. did that to that camel earlier. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, that's a camel. Call the ASPCA someone. I know. Um, Jesus. Um, <laughs> And then my other nomination that uh, 
like I didn't think about it until the until we kind of started talking about it. I can give it to Sanji for the whole bed thing. That was pretty bad. I was gonna say Mr. Like, One. He was a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. He was I mean. Okay. He was. That's true. I was gonna say Usopp. Yeah. Because he even talked to him about how. Yeah, like Sanji kicks him out of the bed. He's like, "You've done nothing but be lazy this whole time." He literally did true. nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Very forgettable. This. Oh whole my section. gosh. I mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can, like I said, I can always give it to Usab. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, who are okay. options? You said Sanji, so, Sanji, Toto, Usab, and Mr. One. Mr. One was a really big jerk. I, I'm okay with getting away from Usab once and, and mm-hmm. going Mr. One. Cause it's not really out of the norm, is it, that he's not useful? It's That's it's true. not. He's just yeah. He's just not useful. Yeah. <laughs> but the only reason I have a problem, and I have a big problem with Sanji's behavior towards women, but like he did kill that giant scorpion, so he did help out a bit. Yeah. Um, and he did keep Baroque works in in the dark for a long time, even though that happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. So if you, so, I feel like we're we're going Mister One here. I I kind of like it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And MVPs. Hmm. Cobra maybe. Hmm. Cobra was was one of my nominations as well. He's a like, good dude. Yeah. He is a good dude. Um, Farouk. Karu, best boy. <laughs> that should Perpetual. be our new award for any animal. The Karu award, yeah. <laughs> the Karu award for any yeah. animal that deserves or, or an MVPs. Best boy, best girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the alligator for eating Mister Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't hate it. Um. Yeah, I had down Cobra. Um. And I had down Luffy, um, because he did, even after trudging through the desert for days on end, after he listened to Toto and, like, heard his goals and his reasoning why he was out there digging at night, even though Luffy was fucking exhausted, he still stayed out there to help Toto. Mm -hmm. And, like... I don't know about you if you've been like, you know, working out in the sun all day. Cause like, and while I haven't drudged through a desert, I've definitely been out in the sun working all day in the heat and like doing that all night on top of it. Like that, like I've never done that before. Cause that would suck. <laughs> so yeah. like got to give Luffy some credit there. And also he helped Vivi grow in, in this, set of episodes for sure like he that uh speech and kind of awakening that he gave her i think was uh was very big as well and then the last person that i had a nomination for is crocodile um i really liked his presence in these episodes and i thought in every scene that he was in he demanded your attention like you never you just you never knew what he was gonna say you never knew what he was gonna do he kind of reminds me 
I mean, obviously not to the extent, but like if, if you've watched House of Dragon, you know, Damon Targaryen, the guy's crazy. You never knew what he was going to say. You never knew what he was going to do. Uh, he was just, an, and Crocodile oh, was, I know, I do too. He's my favorite character for <laughs> that. Very, awesome. Yeah, Damon Targaryen's my favorite character for that fucking, fucking reason. Psycho. Yeah. Um, but don't you love it? Like, oh, I know, it's great. This is no spoilers, but I've been seeing like lots of uh, tweets because they talked about the upcoming season and, you know, with a ship, Rhaenyra and um, Damon, and they call it Demira. And it's like, can't wait to see all the crazy shit they're getting ready to do. It's going to be diabolical and I'm going to love every minute of it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, So, yeah, I like I had to give it to Crocodile just because the conference room scene uh i absolutely loved and like the way he was talking and especially whenever you find out that the, whenever they found out that the straw hats are still alive the guy was pissed and you're just like oh oh fuck what's he gonna do now like um so i just i really liked that whole scene and and i definitely think that he was a worthy mention because of of that episode in particular for sure so I feel like I feel like we're giving it to Cobra. Hey. Um I I think Cobra was great. I also think Luffy did a great job. It seemed like everywhere yeah. he was this set of episodes he was being helpful in some mm-hmm. way. Absolutely. Minus chasing after the floating meat. Very true. <laughs> That's Very filler. True. No, I, I would be okay with him too. He he <laughs> I mean, he didn't initiate the contact with Ace because the guy had already seen Ace. Yeah. But at least he kept that going. And that was important. Not that it was important to the story because I know it's filler, but at least he helped get that situation settled. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the guy went back and lived his life. Um, I understand the sentiment with Crocodile, but I'm, I want to see him do more. I know mm-hmm. his presence is good, but I want to see him do more before... I'm comfortable giving it to him if that makes sense. So Absolutely. yeah, he was commanding, but he didn't do anything just mm-hmm. yet. Like he dehydrated Mr. Three, but we've seen him do that before. <laughs> um, but I I really like the idea of Luffy. I'm good I'm, I'm absolutely okay with giving it to Luffy. Yeah. I, I think yeah, it was I think he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like we always say, like he is a huge goof but he knows like when he needs to be serious about stuff mm-hmm. and i feel like he's good at um like tough just, love kind of stuff he is right. and he, he knows he knows people like he's very good at understanding the inner workings of people like that's mm-hmm. one thing i love about luffy you know exterior is very goofy but inside he's an extremely smart and understanding person well, and it's not like he hasn't been patient. I mean, they've mm-hmm. come across this huge journey with Phoebe and done yeah. everything she's asked. Mm-hmm. But now he's like, look, it's not that he's like, okay, I'm done with your shit. But it's like, I think you need to realize now this is what we have to do. I know you don't want to do it, but we have to. I think he um, literally says, it's time for me to beat Crocodile's ass. Or he's, yeah. He says something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's that says something about his character that sometimes he's the only one who realizes what they really need to do. Because mm-hmm. everybody else is trying to find a way 
out with like the least casualties. And it's not that he wants casualties, but he's like, look, this is hard to talk about, but we're going to have to do this thing. <laughs> yeah. And like she needed to make the decision. And so he yeah. realized that she needed to hear it and didn't really seem like anybody else was going to tell her like as much as she seems mm-hmm. to have a good relationship with Nami. It doesn't seem like a very Nami thing to do to like literally beat it into her. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> right. I don't think Nami had even thought about it. Or like uh, right. about the situation like Luffy had. But one other and, thing I do want to go ahead, Whitney. I'm sorry. It just struck me funny no. because I was thinking like, this is going to help her become a ruler and you know, the princess that she needs to be. And then it made me think back to little Kozo when he was little and it gave me Kaya vibes like that. I'm going to be a doctor because <laughs> when he leaves, he's like, I hope you become a great princess oh, someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so silly. So we've compared. Like, what are you never going to see her again? You literally told her five seconds ago to go visit yeah. you. And you're like, <laughs> maybe that's why he's so angry that she yeah. never came to visit. <laughs> oh, shit. He feels, he feels blue balled. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, I hope so, that something happens and like she saves him or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then because he was saving her before and then yeah, reverse Ooh, it. Yeah. And then he's going to be like, yeah. my hero. <laughs> I like that. Um, One thing I do want to point out that we didn't talk about before with that Luffy scene. I want to give some props to Zoro. Because Luffy is sitting there and like at first with everything that he's saying especially the way he started it the entire crew questions luffy they're like luffy what are you doing cut the shit quit being an idiot you know they're all yelling at him except for zoro zoro had his back from the very very beginning never questioned him and that's one of my favorite things about zoro is in these moments where even though it doesn't seem like luffy you know, where it doesn't feel like Luffy is doing the right thing. Zoro's the one that has his back. Zoro is the one that is just like, this guy's my captain. Even if I don't agree with it, I'm going to follow him everywhere. And I am going to have his back. And I absolutely, absolutely love that about Zoro. It's one of the reasons he's one of, you know, one of my favorite crew members. Because of the fact that there are so there are several moments like this where Luffy does this kind of thing where you don't understand why he's acting or why he does something that you feel like is stupid at first and why he's putting his foot down for something that feels so minuscule and the entire crew gets mad at him except for Zoro every time Zoro's right there and never you know why because Zoro's a badass because. <laughs> Zorro is the Alexander Hamilton to Luffy's George Washington. It's his right-hand man. It is. Like, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Hamilton fans, you get it. So I actually turned Hamilton on the other day, and I I turned it on so I could fall asleep, though. I fell right the fuck to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, I, I wouldn't mind watching it. I just only got, like, five minutes into it on that particular time. Yeah, um, you gotta wake up early in the morning and watch it, because you, you wouldn't be able to watch it at night. It takes too long. And you go to bed early. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it was, like, uh, three hours or something like that. It's or long. Two and a, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I do want to give Zora some props there. Uh, Always. And, absolutely. 
and now we're Zora Loving Podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I did have a quote from Cobra, though, that I was planning on sharing with my MVP's nomination, but I'm 100% all for giving it to Luffy, so I'm not, like, trying to change our minds or anything, but I just, I wanted to share this quote, um, and it was, we will bear the burden of this crisis with our people. Their pleas will not be ignored. I really, really liked that, and there's not too many leaders that you would hear say something like that. So I, I think that speaks a lot for Cobra and and his character. So I did want to share that. But yeah, MVP's goes to Luffy. I think it was well deserved. I think he I think he absolutely deserved it in these in these episodes. Um next week's episodes, we've got 106 to 110. Like I mentioned last week, we are out of the filler for the rest of this arc. Uh so now we can just jump straight into our even fives again. And yeah, that makes it easy. So, yep, 106 to 110 next week. Amanda, Whitney, anything else before we call it a night? Or day or morning, depending on when our listeners are listening to this. I'm going to go drink some water. Sounds good. Sounds good. Mr. Three could probably use some of that. Uh, I don't know. Well, he can. There's plenty in the banana gator's stomach. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. The banana gator and the banana tea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, banana tea. I wonder how he's doing. (laughs) They had to have had a they had to have had a song named after the banana tea. Like that just is calling for a song. I don't know what the fuck the song would be, but it just deserves a song. Once you write it and share it with us, you know, next time. I'm gonna have to do that. I, you know what? I'm gonna have to see if maybe Keith will help me write it because I feel like Keith would be able to come up with a great banana tea. You song can make a music there. video. Keith is great at music. Yes, I can't wait. This is um, a promise to all of you listening. This is oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, y'all. Well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And TikTok at Going Mary Pod. We haven't posted on TikTok for a while. I need we need to do that. That's on me. That's on me. Um, but yep, we're on (laughs) we're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Going Mary Pod. Um, you can also find us on any of the major podcast platforms, and you can support us there for free by leaving us a five star rating on your podcast platform choice. All it costs is like a minute of your time if that much um but send us feedback send us messages let us know what you're thinking we would absolutely love to hear from you and we will see you next week i hope you all have a great week see ya bye